everyone to uh, another Alchemy of Grace discussion, chat, insight, if you like. And uh, the reason I've chosen to finish this particular Saturday morning uh, by having this particular discussion is because we now are officially in the new moon in Scorpio which is literally opposite Uranus. And we have a lot of this Venus energy, and Venus, of course, rules both Libra and Taurus. So we're being asked to look deeply at who we are and ultimately what it is that's driving us. You know, what are we actually feeling, you know, on a day-to-day basis and, and how many people that aren't necessarily ghosting us at the moment because there's a lot of that going on with the Scorpio sting in the air, how many people are truly getting into that deeper understanding of themselves. So I've actually chosen at this particular point to talk about what is known as the meta-universe and how it relates to the streaming technology that's available to us, like the Netflixes and the Amazons and the Apple TVs and the Rokus and the Hulus and all this kind of thing, which seems to be a kind of a an overall composite compartmentalization of our identity as humans on the planet. So I'm going to start this discussion by offering a worthy insight into what I would like to refer to as the meta-universe, that is meta-language and meta-form. Now, many of you out there will ask, well, what does this mean exactly? In the millennial speak, it's basically media that is predominantly self-aware. I'll repeat that. In like the millennial speak, the meta-universe and meta-language is basically media available today that is self-aware. Now, not a lot of people know that there are some protagonists out there, both current and past, who are really, really good at doing exactly that creating media that's self-aware. David Lynch, Quentin Tarantino, Stanley Kubrick, uh, the incredible director who did uh, Requiem for a Dream, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Oskarski, and the list goes on. These sorts of people really do better understand what is known as the metaform as it relates to consumable media that we openly and willingly digest every day. And that's exactly what this Scorpio new moon, this sing in the tail that most of us are predominantly feeling at the moment. Now, most people really like the idea of immersing themselves in programming that's not really grounded with any substance and with like any real development and with, you know, worthy stories, unless they're based on books. And if they're based on books, then they have to follow a certain narrative. There's a level of creative license, admittedly, but it's predominantly a fairly set narrative 
because you have to stay true to the author's vision. Now, I like to say from my personal experiential standpoint, because of my 38 years in the business of rock and roll, the music industry, that I'm a pretty good judge of character because if you're not, you're not, you're going to get chewed up and spat out the ass of the industry in next to no time. And you certainly won't have longevity, right? Most people don't really have long-standing careers. They come, they go, and they wonder what happened and how their career is over in like a heartbeat and the rest is history. But the point is, I do consider myself after 38 years in that industry a pretty good judge of character based on practical and personal experience. And yet most of the stuff that we watch today on streaming services don't really have much when it comes to characters or character development or even a basic character arc and you kind of hear the adage more or less all the time that people, particularly in millennial speak, say, oh, I'm just going to binge Netflix to numb out, to kind of detach from the world because I don't really want to face the, the power of what the Scorpio season, what this new moon, what the onset of this eclipse season that's now officially happening as of today and the fact that Uranus is literally spitting out these microwave energies at the moment because it's too much for me to handle. So I'm just going to kind of curl up in a ball and couch potato it and binge out on Netflix, which is going to be some crap that I can watch episode after episode because, you know, they don't have to think about it because they can literally just become numb to whatever it is that's playing out. And I could go on about all the shows that I personally have composed music for or licensed music into that reflects that adage clearly. But I'm not going to bother with that because it's got nothing to do with looking at this whole meta-language, meta-universe as a very parasitic expression apparent in the modern world today. So as far as an institution that pretty well controls the media airwaves today, I don't really have a hell of a lot of respect for Netflix. I'd rather watch Amazon Prime. I, I even rather watch Stan, frankly, or even Apple TV. You know, there are some worthy shows on some of those other channels. But most of the staff, and I'm not saying all, but most of the stuff on Netflix is pretty much crappy unless you're delving into the documentary area, the biopic area, and obviously foreign films and foreign language films because they do a really good job in a wide scope of selection when it comes to those particular film expressions. They're very real, really visceral in a lot of ways. And it gives you an opportunity to become quite immersive to a whole different culture, a whole different environment, way of being. Now, going back to what I just said about meta-language. Now, every now and then, people like myself feel really out of touch 
with what the modern world is. You know, what is modern language? What is modern form? What is modern speech? And what is the modern adage? You know, what is the code that the modern man and woman, the woman or man, the woman and woman, the man and man, what do they all predominantly live by, if not effectively expressed to one another? So it's a very interesting kind of dichotomy that exists between those that use the service to literally numb out and those that use the service in an effort to try to find something worthwhile to watch. But there's so much material, which is why I can reference it clearly to the music industry, because before the streaming world really took hold and the online space became the go-to, it was a quagmire, like a, a, a complete landscape of quicksand because it was filled with so much garbage. Because once people realised that every man and his dog knew how to basically, you know, record him yodeling in the shower or whatever, like with a broomstick or, you know, with a, with a, with a harmonica or whatever, they figured out how to upload it to some form of online broadcast platform and therefore the airways were predominantly filled with just pure garbage and as an A&R guy you know an artist and repertoire man in the music industry I found it really frustrating just trying to locate worthy talent that I could consider potentially signing or getting behind and helping to develop so what's my point because there really is a point you know you don't feel compelled to come on line to talk on this app regardless of who's tuning in if you're not driven for a reason by what's happening in the greater expanse of the cosmology right now and this is a really ultra powerful new moon in Scorpio and again you know for those that have listened to some of my other um, exchanges and, and, and talks I've been talking a lot about how we've been able to breathe a lot easier, you know, really regulate our in-breath and our out-breath in being able to find our bliss and sustain it because we've come out of this really oppressive retrograde season. And the benefic planets, the Pluto and Saturn and Mercury and Jupiter are all now direct. Lurking in the background is that, you know, powerful third square of Uranus to Saturn and also lurking in the background is the Neptune square in Venus, right? Venus ruled by Libra and Taurus. So there is this equilibrium that's kind of trying to push us one way and pull us another. There's a lot of polarity that pretty much happens when we have these powerful energies that are really, really in divine flow. So once again, getting back to point, there is a real point to what I'm saying here. Every now and then, there we are, we're scrolling, we're scrolling, let's look at the preview of that, oh yeah, sort of, nah, not really then. And before you know it, you've looked at nine or ten previews, just like on Google Play, right? 
and you haven't chosen anything. And what do you end up doing? You go back to what is familiar. You go back to what you identify with because you know you're not going to get disappointed. Now, I know a lot of young people say, well, I'm going to watch one episode or half an episode of something completely new and I'm going to know by the halfway mark whether or not it's going to be worthwhile finishing the episode and continuing or forgetting it altogether and simply admitting I made a big mistake. So I'm there and I'm looking at the usual kind of suspects, if you like. You know, everyone's talking at the moment about the squid game, you know, and I just see that as the Chinese once again demonstrating just how incredibly devoid of moral code they really are and that for them human life doesn't really mean that much. I don't want to say anything more than that because I think that's more than crystal clear remembering that this is my viewpoint, this is not a perspective necessarily shared by the collective. It's what my perspective is dealing with today and what I'm becoming exposed to if you like or what we are ultimately becoming exposed to. So anyway, the other thing that the AI does with these streaming services is it uses algorithm technology based on these little tidbits, these kind of signposts, mileposts of are you enjoying watching this series or, you know, give it a thumbs up or give it a thumbs down. And then the algorithm will log that with the amplitude of the archive of all the media that's available and it will start to select. It'll become selective based on what you're watching. So I'll give you an example, okay? So I I watched um, a documentary series called The Keepers, which is about the Christian church and all of their, you know, rather well-hidden, well-documented, somewhat misguided and somewhat, you know, crimes against humanity and particularly against, you know, women because of men in power and privilege, you know, and, and the deeds that they've ultimately gotten away with for millennia. So, you know, you kind of like watch one series that may be based on some serial killer kind of theme you know, based on, you know, unrequited uh, murder and crimes of passion or anything like that. And all of a sudden, your whole sort of front panel, right, on your screen of options becomes very much related to that. That's how insipid our taste has become. That's how predictable we have become. That's how predictive and intuitive I capitalizes on our predictability. And that's how easy we are as humans to read. Now, I'm not saying all of us by any stretch of the imagination, certainly not by a long stretch, but I am talking about the collective in this case because I'm seeing a huge split in the collective, particularly working in frequency, um, you know, clearing an aura field, you know, drawing attention to trauma in the energy centers that people refer to as the chakra system, 
and the list goes on, blah, 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 blah. But there's a reason for that. And I'd recently told this to a dear friend of mine, now a lovely young lady that I've only recently come in contact with and I've only recently started hanging out with and identifying because that we have a number of things in common. The most apparent being that we're both European, so we hold traditional European values, which I hold in high regard and have great respect for. I believe in moral code. I believe in dis disciplinary action so that we can stay on track. A lot of people prefer the idea of, of just allowing things to be so freeform that they lose sight that we are ultimately structured beings. And we have been since the day we burst out of the ambiotic fluid of our mother's womb. And I was saying to her, you know, isn't it funny how we, as a species, become so desensitised to everything that's happening that's, that it's really, you know, really easy to please us. It doesn't take much to please us. If you can recognise or see someone from the inside rather than from what you see on from the outside in the external expression of this illusory planar reality, then you're literally pushing some very deep emotional buttons in the individual, which will give a lot of support, even garner a lot of trust, even generate a lot of faith. And even to use a few language of the mind terms, you know, because that's very much part of our curriculum, the Saturn curriculum that we're all being asked to recalibrate, reevaluate, because it's all about our conditioned language and our speak or our expression and the way that we deal in the day-to-day -day of the 3D and the external. But at the end of the day, most of us are somewhat out of touch with really what the modern world is all about what it represent and that's why I love the whole concept of the meta-universe and meta-language which as I said at the beginning of the discussion is simply media that's self-aware and I can and it kind of allows you to tap into the hive mind and to draw interesting comparisons and conclusions through the different intersections of plot and structure and character and development and whatever. So good character development, bringing it full circle, starts and stops with good writing. People who know how to write dialogue for a particular character because they represent a certain mirror aspect of society a certain part of the societal framework. Now, I'm definitely out of touch because I'm totally out of touch with this new language, this millennial language. I'm out of touch with the whole kind of online speak. I'm out of touch with the terminology. I'm out of touch with what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. 
you know, how does it work in an individual sense? And then how does it work in a group sense? And so the list goes on. So there I am, I get this recommendation by Netflix and it basically says, you, right? That's all it is. This new show, new series, it's called You. And I'm thinking, you? All right, well, that's definitely coming from a, a different perspective. It's not about the me, it's not about the I am, it's not about the personal, it's not even about the transpersonal, it's about the mirror that is you reflected in this self-aware media mode. So I watched the preview and it's really quite misleading because there's a cake and it's all done with you know who you are and there's this sort of narrative in the background in the first person speaking about themselves reflected in the lens of other people. Do you really know who you are and when you're born, did you know that you consciously chose? That's right, you choose your parents and therefore you choose the timeline that you end up basically transmitting your broadcast frequency on and eventually transforming over the course of your journey while whilst on it. So I thought I'd watch it. And it's basically, you know, a classic boy meets girl and then the boy loses the girl and then a girl meets the boy and then the girl loses the boy and then the boy meets the boy. And, you know, it's this kind of round robin sort of recycle program of dysfunctional relationships. But even dysfunctional relationships, when written for well, right, the, 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 the visionary of the director, the visionary of the production team, the visionary of the writers all support a very simple premise of dysfunctional relationships on screen, you can create some pretty exciting metaphor. But more importantly, these characters all become somewhat intertwined with each other's character arc. And then if the dialogue wasn't really solid and visceral and believable, very now, very off the cuff, very sort of, you know, flip the ego, gratifying that ego, then the show, the series, wouldn't really work. And there's really not many shows that I kind of recommend at all. You know, when, hey, Mike, what are you watching? Because I go back to this stuff, these shows that I'm familiar with. You know, as I said at the beginning, I love those protagonists that immerse themselves in the meta-universe like David Lynch, Quentin Tarantino and Aronofsky, you know, and Stanley Kubrick and the like. Because it's media and stories presented with substance, that's human substance, not necessarily throwaway fantasy. 
And I like to identify with that sort of stuff because I know I'm not going to get disappointed. But if someone recommends something that I'm all for giving it a go, testing the water, as you say. Well, let me tell you guys, as a prequel to this discussion about like, you know, who are we when it comes to the way that we're perceived through the lens of other people in this plane of reality, many of us really haven't got a clue. And I'm going to put my hand up and say, I don't have a clue most of the time. So I'm like, meet this young lady. I meet this new people that are part of her world. And they give me this kind of surface impression, the surface-based interaction that their consciousness is is elevated, that they're somewhat aligned to a, a higher power, tuned into the higher self that they know how to hold space for themselves and all that sort of, you know, spirit-based mumbo-jumbo. But we really don't know the depth of their dark shadow self, do we? And yeah, I know better than most who kind of, and those who kind of know me, know me well, um, understand that I'm always going to go on about the importance of dealing with the darker shadow self, which is really trying to emerge in us all, especially this Scorpio season, especially as we've come out of these retrogrades, especially as we're having this powerful, you know, um, south node in Sagittarius at the, at the the end of the third deacon of the of the end degrees and now we're getting the north node moving out of Gemini and heading over to fixed earth Taurus. And this dealing with the darker shadow self which is trying to emerge at the moment as I said is why we went through these last two years of losing who we really were. We lost our identity. We lost our sense of purpose. We lost our liberation. We just literally were forced into a very rigid form of compliance. And many of us just kind of took it on the chin. So what I love about this show, You, and why I'm now going to recommend it, and it is on Netflix, and it's just called You, right? So everyone knows. There's actually three seasons of it. So it's obviously been around for a while. And many of you who may kind of know what I'm talking about are probably going, oh, I remember seeing that or I've seen that recently or I saw it a while ago. But it's obviously been around a while because it got three seasons, right? So it's got to have a certain audience for any production company to commission three seasons of one series and then have an ongoing uh, acquisition deal with a company like Netflix or a streaming service. But how it escaped my attention, knowing how invested I am in it now, is really beyond me. Because I'm now looking up like, who is the production company and who are these writers and 
you know, where did this come from? Whose mindset, imagination did this come from? Is this essentially, you know, scripted from a book? And I wanted to know more about the mindset, the conscious mindset behind this particular show. This very well-crafted and somewhat evocative television series because the amount of twists and turns and soul retrieval and soul reversal and moral code and violation of human rights and robbing people of their life force and and the heart being in the right place in one moment and then in the duality of this existence, the heart not being in the right place at all is all integral and foundational to the way that these characters literally develop and grow in front of your eyes. Now, some people are going to immediately trigger and say, why are you trying to look deeper than what presents itself on the surface? (laughs) I can't even really fathom what I just said and how so many people only look at the surface tension of their everyday lives because they're really aligned and tuned into what are considered to be the living basics. You know, what the surface of the planar reality is presenting to self. Well, isn't that the whole problem with our whole human species and our whole so-called human experience now? For millennia, for epochs, we've been in a fog. We've been in a mind cloud of amnesia, thinking that we need to do all these things, we need to show up, we need to become available, you know, we need to punch clocks and earn paychecks, aggregate and accumulate throughout our early years, become part of a larger consumerism movement because it's supposedly going to give us a level of self-worth. And yet, a certain level of security and stability is the so-called payoff. And most importantly, helping us to make sense of those criteria that form what is known as the human psyche today. And that the German of the human psyche is ultimately to find bliss at the end of the rainbow. Hmm. There's quite a lot of conjecture in a few of those assumptions, a few of those so-called finites and absolutes that I was referring to, which really don't hold that much weight or sway, you know, in the more liberated conscious outlook of those that are on the more abundant timeline, those that can see the bliss, those can see the, the beautiful natural forest because they can see beyond the massive tree that they put in front of themselves to block their potential. We're so good at self-defeating, so good at self-sabotage, always second-guessing every, every decision that we're making, everything that we want to ultimately action upon. We're really good at it. 
it's a very integral part of the flawed system that is human. But it's what also makes us human. It makes us strive in an effort to thrive. Now, most importantly, helping us to make sense of those things so that we can find the means by which to transcend the limitations and boundaries that we co-create and help to perpetuate and generate every day in our lives. This is a codependency that we have to these things that are part of our larger programming. But really, this cleverly presented format on Netflix, you, of this meta-universe, and even though it is very millennial-based, characters are what I would call mid-20-somethings and early 30-somethings, so they're not tweens, they're not teenagers per se, they are adults, and so they have had a certain level of practical experience on the planet, but what it's shown me is that behind the, the facade that we hide so well, particularly on social media, you know, social media is the perfect smoke and mirrors act, one, two, and three. This is the place where people purport to be these success stories where everything is right with the world. Everything is perfectly balanced. Every post, every photograph is some level of, you know, exalted perfection when the absolute polar opposite is actually true. Most people today are really unhappy. Most people are really unfulfilled. Most people are very unrequited. And I love that word, right? It's really a word that's not used much because I think a lot of people don't really understand the scope of what it means to be in a relationship that's unrequited or a love that's unrequited. And this does definitely revert back to this whole kind of parasitic expression that these insipid programs on the likes of Netflix and these other streaming services create these addictive patterns in our lives. So what this has demonstrated, what this in the universal speak with these millennials and their so-called lives and the characters they've adopted in order to play these lives, remember, these are actors, right? And these are actors being written for specifically because in the mindset of the author and the mindset of the producers and the directors of the show, they need to present themselves in a very particular and somewhat specific way in order to be believable for, for the audience like me and you to invest our attention in it. But I gotta say, it's absolutely mind blowing, guys. 
like how many twists and turns you can take out of what looks like on the surface to be very sentient, very loving, very compassionate, very much about, yeah, the collective group connection. And yet, because of our upbringing, because of our past incarnations and past life experiences, we've dragged so much embedded trauma with us to arrive on this side of the mirror broken. So this is a show about broken people. But it's focused on one broken individual who we're hearing very much in a first person how this man thinks and how his thoughts manifest his plane of reality because it's all the cause and effect that shapes his actions. This is solid stuff. This is worthy of people's attention. Now, I'm not going to say again that this is going to appeal to every man, woman and child. It's certainly going to shock a lot of people, especially if you're coming from, you know, the whole kind of, if someone belts you in the face, turn the other cheek and believe that, you know, that the love of your fellow man and the forgiveness of your fellow man will heal all. Well, most of you who do know me and know me that I don't believe in that crock of shit for one second. There is absolutely nothing wrong with your discernment filter kicking in and telling you that doesn't work. You know, and as one of my favourite childhood TV shows, Lost in Space, and the adage used um, uh, that the robot used to say to Will Robinson, that does not compute. So we're being asked when we watch these types of meta forms on screen in this meta universe, this self-aware universe, to trust our inner knowing, our intuition, when something doesn't really resonate, rather than just being accepting and very much, well, I just go with the flow because I don't want to rock the boat. Rock the boat, that's part of your deeper human journey. That's what makes you human, to rock the boat, to challenge the narrative, to simply say, I'm sorry, but that does not sound like it's been ratified legally. It sounds like there's some people taking some serious political and socioeconomic license here and getting you to believe the bullshit that's spilling out of their, their mouths. Now, I could get into a whole compliance sideline and say, but now, you know, look at all the crazy in the corruption that's getting exposed. Every politician's kind of deeper, darker secrets is now out on the slab for everyone to see. But it will diminish, ultimately, the impact of what I'm trying to take and draw you the audience too, by telling you this story, which is based on this Netflix experience. So each day I'm watching an episode, right? And then I'm using what take place in my day to be reflective of the arc of development 
these characters go through. And I must say, I'm invested in these characters. And when you get invested in characters, when you watch any form of media, whether it be movies, TV, sitcoms, docos, biopics, whatever, it is that immediately ticking the box of someone's greatest success for those that have created it when those characters become part of the way that you view the world around you. But it comes few and far between. Now, if you're into insipid shit and you can sit there and just let stuff wash over you and you don't have a care in the world, power to you. I'm not judging. But there are a lot of us out there that have developed a strong filter of discernment now that will not necessarily just roll over and go, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. So when someone in a public place or a public state of being says to me, hey, have you seen this and whatnot? And I go, yeah, I had a bit of a look at it and I thought it was crap. And straight away, that person is like, oh, oh, oh well, he thinks it's crap and I've heard, you know, other people think it's crap, and but I really like it. Well, that's okay. That's your choice. That's what freedom of choice is all about. Your choices are reflected in your taste. Your taste is reflected in your environment. And your environment is reflected in your human experience. What you've been through what you're going through, what you're emotionally allowing yourself to attach to. What is your practical outlook in the way you view and experience the world? Expressing yourself in the world will shape your environment. Guys, this should make a lot of sense. Seriously, this should be literally black and white for those that have been chosen to be mentors with their chosen craft or profession because it's very, very much a simple cognitive program to easily digest and understand. So the go-to, the takeaway this TV series is allowing me to look at people in my world, family, friends, extended, collective, hobby groups, whatever, and through a very, very different lens of real clarity. Because I think that authenticity and transparency is the currency of the future. And so here I am actually going to state clearly for the record, kudos to Netflix in this particular circumstance to actually come through with the goods. They put a, a program on air that really does speak volumes when it comes to authenticity and transparency of the fallibility of the human experience there's no fixing us we can't 
fix ourselves. We can simply accept, acknowledge, appreciate everything that we stand for and express ourselves from a place of truth. Because I do believe that this is the transparency is this currency of the future. Now, even though I was on this app a couple of days ago being invited to talk about music as the universal language with one of the other practitioners, and where I said, I think that's the cornerstone of where humanity really needs to embrace its deeper connection to a higher vibration, frequency, light language, and a deeper connection to nature. But over and above that, in a much more grounded, much more real sense, it's really, really about authenticity. Are you the best version of yourself that you can be when you're around people? Or do you placate? Do you cut yourself into a certain shape and form to fit in the moment so you don't create ripples and waves. Creating those ripples ultimately generate conscious waves that can help shape a person's perspective and perception of you and what you stand for. And their subconscious is actually in full flow in judging that. Your shadow self is, is really more aligned and more tuned into that vibration because it knows that this is the food. This is the sustenance that we give ourselves in order to run away from who we really are, run away from our problems, put our head in the sand more often than not. And that's when you get into what is called reactionary states of being and you become easily triggered. Every man, woman and child on the soul on the planet becomes triggered because their environment is telling them that one thing and someone else outside their environment is telling them another. This is the, this is the duality. Polarity is probably one of the most misunderstood terms in the quantum universe and yet it's the very core foundational convergence point of the unified field so i consider this to be really really powerful stuff because it's again reflected in what i've been saying for years Always trust your gut because the knowing of the knowing lies within you. It does not lie in any external form whatsoever. And this is why the religions, this is why cult mentality, cult, the cult of personality, right? This is why it's so distorted and it's so delusional when it becomes part of a larger group narrative and all that 
comes and contributes to a larger, more expansive version of Maya, the bigger chaos bubble that most of us willingly embrace. So we're being kind of asked and somewhat forced in a lot of ways to attach, to contribute to the chaos. And we're doing that by scrolling through it, by vibrating within it, by sharing it, by posting about it. All of us, if we're being truly authentic, if we're being truly transparent and truly in our sovereign power, are contributing to the chaos rather than allowing it to just dissolve because it actually doesn't exist. There's the rub. Right? This is what really I tried working with, with, with frequency and working with harmonic resonance every day in an effort to elevate consciousness in people that I care about. Because all of it is illusory. Unless you collapse it into a form, you solidify the particle that is thought and then it embodies in a, in a more solid form. So you actually can create, co-create and generate chaos. We put too much stock in the crap that we are exposed to every day of our lives. So the go-to in all of what I've just shared is that these people, the dialogue, the storylines, the character arc, the twists and turns in the human psyche and our fallibility because we're not perfect, although we are multidimensional and we are ultimately experiencing multiple timelines in any given moment when we realize that time is part of our conditioned illusion. Why? Because this is all based on psychological understanding. It's a psychological life on planet Earth that is a psychologically driven journey experience with a whole mishmash of mental, physical, spirit, theoric-based interactions and interjections all bombarding that core focus in any given moment. So now, more than ever before, if we can recognize authenticity in our environment and the people that are in our environment and those in our closer proximity, that is those in our circle of influence, then that is telling us a very important message. It is transmitting a very impactful part of real, true life connection. You can almost perceive it through the lens, if you like, of divine intervention. 
but not only divine intervention, divine interaction. When you let go and surrender and you see things for exactly what they are and not what you would like them to be, all of the smoke and mirrors, all of the fagati just floats away to the side and you're left with a higher level, a higher octave of clarity. Unbeknownst to most because they don't know what it is to experience real clarity in their lives because there's always some kind of narrative, controlled narrative, that's interfering, that's generating a distraction that takes people off their paths and limits their ability to achieve their goals. This energy that most of us have been forced through the eye of the needle to experience is limiting our capacity to manifest what it is we want and what we need in our lives. Why? There's always some kind of agenda that's pushing in front of, to the front of the queue and with the agenda comes the responsibilities you automatically assign to it. And therefore, we get into expectation, we get into ego gratification, and here we go again, full circle. I'm back to the very beginning of the discussion, because now I'm going to try to relate this. Not right now, because I think what I've shared is part one. Because as I've been talking about it, it's been flowing so freely, meaning it's absolutely has its place within the wider scope of our conscious world. So with, with this really kind of like flowing with great ease and grace, I think there needs to be a part two because I would love now to correlate what is the, with the astrology at the moment, with what's really going on right now with this new moon in Scorpio, with Scorpio season on top of us, with this powerful Neptune and Pisces energy. Remember, we're all playing the role in the underworld right now. We're all feeling our woundedness and we want everybody in our circle of influence to feel that, to know what it means to feel and experience woundedness. That's Chiron in the 12th house. And what I can tell people, those that are tuned in, and thanks, I'm wrapped that so many have decided to, uh, to, to tune in and have a listen to this stuff, is that we are literally already feeling the very bubbling underbelly of these eclipse energies, right? We've got our first big eclipse coming out in the fixed sign of Taurus. I think it's around the 20th or the 21st. And that's what I am. I am fixed Earth, Taurus, grounded, real, playing out the role of valor and worthiness in every given moment, wherever possible, mindful of the way I express my human experience 
in the 3D duality expression. So you've got this full lunar eclipse coming up in Taurus. And I think that's going to have a lot to do with being able to present part two of how something as simple as a decent TV show on Netflix, not my favourite go-to destination by a long stretch, is shaping the way that I am allowing my consciousness and my subconscious to bring up and expose my shadow self, the darker aspects of me, my darker shadow self, to understand that we all have that within us. What those characters are doing, what they're going through, how their characters are developing, we all have the same capabilities to be as good and as bad as that. So let's get into the crux of what I consider to be the, the real Easter eggs of this discussion. Now I'm excited. So I really want to know a little bit more about what are the outer planets doing, but I also want to know what what are the the what is Eros? You know, what is Pallas Athena? Where is Black Moon Lilith in this? Where is Lucifer in this? Where are these? interestingly slow-moving, interjecting planets, asteroids, or orbital spheres in the greater cosmology? And how does it shape what's happening in the general face of these astrological transits and alignments? And now we know there's that third square of Uranus to Saturn, right? And that's been pushing us all to look deeper beyond our woundedness beyond not feeling appreciated. How many of us out there at the moment feel ghosted? It's ridiculous. Now, there's more to what meets the eye when you're dealing when it comes to nefarious agendas and conspiracy theories and what's really going on with the vaccine, what's really going on with the jab, what's really going on with the the so-called mandates. Mandates aren't law. (laughs) Law, L-A-W, is land, air and water. And And the provisions that govern those... modalities it's not law l-o-r-e universal law is governed by dimensional laws and we just take our power back we keep denying these promissory contracts and arrangements we uh, refuse to consent to um, uh, these blood covenants any longer based on these fixed bloodlines and I could go on and on and on about that whole more Aruman, eight sphere, darker energy, divergent timelines that a lot of the esoterics and a lot of the, the more better known alchemists are speaking about. Because everything I've spoken about regarding this television show, you on Netflix, 
that's got everything to do because it all correlates to the underbelly where our authenticity is being hidden. And many of us are actually the culprits doing the hiding. We're hiding our own authenticity. We're hiding our own transparency. So there is this real, almost like a a, a disease, a, a larger virus out there where we are so addicted, we're so wrapped up, you know, In the social media, in, in our in our need to be uh, a certain person representing in a certain way. Hashtag I am this. Hashtag I am that. That's not part of the human experience. That's this AI. That's a transhuman agenda. That's the general deorganification removing our the organic matter from our biofield to make us more malleable so that we become even more compliant. This is George Orwell living alive and well, healthy as hell in you know 2021. But anyway, I'm off the point. I want to get back to it. So just to finish on that, Saturn is the father of curriculum and the curriculum is clear. What are you buying into? And if you're buying into it, are you attaching to it consciously? If you're attaching to it, why are you attaching to it? It's that simple. It's such a straightforward black and white equation. So we know that's what's going on. And we also know there's that deceptive Neptune energy in Venus, that whole underworld, that whole woundedness. You know, we see things. Is it real? Is that a clone? Are we part of a replicant world? Who knows? Things are so lost in their own translation. Things are so wrapped up in a, in a, in a deeper delusion that we can hardly figure out what's up or down anymore. So most of the narrative and therefore the character arcs in this series is very much based on well-disguised and hidden deceptive tactics exposing the human condition. There is literally deeper levels of delusionary behavior around every corner. You are second-guessing every new character that comes into the core group. And I can think that we can really take a leaf out of that book because we can look at it from this point of view. It's like, how do we fit in the right slot as round holes and square pegs? what is feeding into that sense of being, which is very much reflected in the meta-universe that we're allowing ourselves to be exposed to, willingly exposed to. And has this intuitive and predictive form of AI 
which is now so well developed because as I said earlier, it literally can trace what your interests are, what your hobbies are, what your fetishes are, what your secrets are, what your perversions are, and then it presents itself to you. You become like a walking novel. And what do you do? Like a zombie, which is all numbed out. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go there because that identifies with something that is very much part of my core value. Is it? Or is that the delusion arcing up out of the shadows to bite us all on the ass. We have to really be careful now. I honestly feel so deeply in my heart that we are under this psychic attack that is robbing our human identity, that is forcing us to become compliant to mandates that aren't law, as I said earlier, So this is really powerful, revelatory stuff. And once I can correlate it to the astrology, because I believe that's why I, I wanted to, to, to look into it from this point of view, present this perspective, jump online at this ridiculous hour over here in Australia and share this. Because I want to challenge the sensibilities of the people who make up this community. That's why I agreed when they approached me and they said, well, we checked this out and that out and, you know, blah, 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 but do you think you could... And I went, nah, not changing a thing. Not a thing. What you see is what you get. You want me on this thing, that's the way we're going to play. And I'm really pleased to say that there's been no compromise whatsoever. Authenticity, maintaining sovereignty... And always being in one's power is how we defeat the dark. And believe me, the dark is really, really amping up and intensifying its next moves. Because there's still a few more, few more moves before we'll finally emerge on the other side of the rainbow bridge, holding the 13 rays of the rainbow with bliss in our hearts and patting ourselves on the back for a job well done. So I want to correlate what I'm saying to the astrology, which I'll probably know within the next 24 to 48 hours because usually new moon energy, which has been bubbling for the last two or three days, will also be very, very much um, part of our core experience, the way that we'll become uh, our interactions in our 3D environment for the next two or three days. So things will become a lot clearer over the next two or three days. Scorpio season is really about unearthing all of the deeper hidden secrets of our 12th house. Now, what I do know, for those that are interested, I'm going to come from a science point of view now um, because it still holds a certain level of weight, even though that's been manipulated to the nth degree as well. 
But what we do know is that we've just got another CME on its way to Earth. We had another massive solar flare off the coronal holes on the sun yesterday. And this is now becoming quite a regular thing each couple of days. And depending on the magnitude, if it's an X-class flare, for instance, will also reflect in the geomagnetic storm that we'll experience as a fallout. And that just totally knocks our emotional body out of whack. Right? You just can't function. You feel like you're in brain fog. You feel like you've got no energy. You're drained. Right? Because that's what electromagnetic energy does. That's what microwave energy that they're beaming into our routers and our Wi-Fi and this piece of shit smartphone that I'm holding in my hand right now. That's the means by which they can ultimately enforce this transhuman agenda. So tomorrow, which is you know already my day to day, um, we should probably feel the effects of that CME fallout. And what people don't know is that a CME that literally bursts off the coronal face of the sun, the corona, right? That's what it is. The corona, the corona. Need I say more? Because it's basically an all-encompassing elemental expression that goes against the very grain of the sentient, more liberated nature of the human experience. We, as human beings, having this linear Earth experience on planet Earth, and we're all feeling it. We're feeling it in our cellular memory. Our cellular memory is, is all over the shop, totally out of balance. So how can you not feel it? But when it takes days to get here, and if we get hit with one from yesterday, and we, if we feel that 48 hours later, and then while that's happening, we get another one in between, and then that's going to hit us again. So we're really, really feeling this constant barrage of these planetary effects in our psyche for days. Now, I really feel for those that are kind of had that deeper empathy, that are empaths, that have a more sensitive nervous system where, you know, they kind of feel intuitive about certain things like a little bit of deja vu, not that I believe in that sort of thing, but anyway, just whatever. And we react to it accordingly. So I'm really excited to learn what the correlation of the astrology to what I presented right here, right now, actually means in a more meta form. I want to reach in. I want to take my shadow self and reach into the meta universe to draw a more visceral understanding of what it is that we're going through and what it is this TV show reflected because it reflected something in this new relationship that prior to Scorpio season we were in Virgo season and Virgo brought 
a number of very new divine feminine energies forward to help me kind of get in touch with that deeper love of the mother, that deeper love of the female form. And I'm grateful for that, absolutely, every day. First thought that comes into my head, how grateful I am to have some new people that are bringing fresh perspectives into my world. So after we get part two out there, right, hopefully in the, over the weekend or whenever, it's not a big deal, and perhaps after a few people have tuned into the broadcast um, once once it's, it's, it's in the archive, because that's the one thing I do like about the Wisdom app, is that if someone misses out because they do follow you or they, they do resonate with what you share, they can go to your profile and they can tap into your archive and listen to anything they like at any time. That's a really, really good thing to have. And once I've shared this on the website and brought a bit of my own kind of personal following into the focus, then I think what I'm going to do, regardless of whether people, you know, share it or, or, or listen or whatever, because I don't really care who shows up to listen or whether or not, you know, it has an impact. It really doesn't worry me. It just means I got it out there. I had the courage to put it out there. It's in the, in the ether. And it will find, <coughs> pardon me, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. It will gravitate and galvanize those souls to the content. But once we do that, once I correlate and get part two underway, I would love to have a Q&A with this community. Talking about how does the meta-universe and its own very individual meta-language infect and affect your energy field. Let's just put a general all-purpose connotation on that. So let's just refer to the energy field in this case to keep it simple as your environment. How does the meta-universe and how does the meta-language, meta-form within the meta-universe that you experience, that we experience every day, that we're exposed to every day, directly reflect in your own environment? I'd love to have a conversation about that because I'm so jazzed and vibed up to hear what people have to say about this. Because guys, I've looked. I've looked on this app, I've looked on other apps, I've looked for people that are talking this stuff out. And certainly there are podcasts, don't get me wrong, any series or yeah, any television series, you know, uh, like what I'm talking about at the moment, like Foundation on Apple, um, Morning Wars, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers on Amazon Prime, Westworld when it was on. You know, they're all meta universe. They're all based metaform type shows. And there are a lot of people that do what are called these episodic reviews, whether it's in a blog, whether it's on a YouTube video or whatever. So there's lots of people 
talking about this. But there's not a lot of people that are correlating it as a direct expression, as a reflection through the mirror of our own personal existence because it's sitting right in front of us. And when things are sitting right in front of us, that's when we miss the point altogether. So I'm asking everyone out there, look a little closer to home and you'll probably be able to pick up on all of the little imperfections, all of the little kind of surface irritations that are making you reactionary, right? If you can wake up in the morning and simply say to God, say to the universe, say to the divine, let this day be free of me being reactionary. Let my responses come from a neutral state of being. So any show that kind of ticks that box with metaform and meta language, uh, there, there are going to be podcast review groups and websites dedicated to people dissecting the inner sanctum and the inner workings of that particular show's format. So guys, I'm going to leave it there because I think I've said everything I wanted to say and I'm just really quite motivated. I'm going into my Friday um, with a real sense of drive. I'm a composer, so I'm going to use that creative spark to really drive my creative juices and come up with some cool stuff for some of the productions that I'm working on. And... I am going to look into the astrology. I am going to work out where it correlates to this particular discussion, where it comes together. And I'm going to get back to everybody and let everyone know what I think so that we can have that Q&A. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate, as always, your presence. Be present in the moment. And if you guys want to take a deeper dive, there's plenty of links on the profile. I'm not going to get into it. Um, knock yourselves out. Most importantly, embrace your authenticity. Because really, when it's all said and done, when we, when we strip away all of the surface shit, because it is just surface external shit that's feeding our ego, that's driving the, the darker part of us, it's our authenticity that shapes who we really are. So I hope you got something out of it. I certainly enjoyed presenting it. Sending much love from my heart to all your hearts. Have a great day and I'll catch you again on another installment of the Alchemy of Grace. Namaste.